Hello, and welcome to episode 4 of Dot Waves, the theatre-centric podcast from Stung Low, telling the story of Flood Part 2, Abundance, and offering little snippets of backstage chat for those so inclined. When we finished last time, Gloriana had left to look for a church, and the great storm had started to displace the people of Europe. Stick with us to find out what happens to the residents of the city by the sea towards the end of this episode. Before all that, though, we've got a double interview for you today. Firstly, I'm going to be speaking with Nadi Imam, who plays Gloriana, about the character and what it's like to be involved in such a physically demanding role. And then I'll be catching up with Matt Angove, Slunglow's resident sound designer, to see how he creates an audio landscape for a show delivered through headphones. I went on site to Slunglow's whole base on Victoria Dock to meet the pair. So, Gloriana was found in a fishing net full of life jackets. Uh, She was pulled up from the depths of the sea into a fishing trawler where she was found by the captain and his son and mate, Sam, who both also feature in the show. Because of of her birth and entrance, um, she has no past that she is aware of. So she's constantly trying to figure out who she is and what her purpose is and through that she learns many stories like the story of Christ or of religion and she thinks that perhaps there's a correlation between her story and and those that she absorbs she absorbs everything and so she thinks that perhaps that might be her story as well and there's also a relationship between the apocalyptic weather that appears and then she becomes a sort of demigod is the phrase that we've all been using <laughs> the i think the story really challenges people's perceptions um obviously the refugee crisis is a really important story because it's a story of displacement um i had no idea how many people on the earth were affected by that until I read this play and obviously it's a really prominent theme in many of our lives because we hear about it all the time and then a fact in this story is that it's happening to people like from from here from in England from Hull and there's just something about that obviously the physical elements of it of becoming a bit of a stunt woman is very cool we have a choice we can make up who we are we can choose to be who we want to be and we can connect to everybody and everybody teaches us something along the way and I think that's it's been really interesting to see how you know to understand how someone like her or how she um, understands the world and that's what's interesting to me it's constantly challenging it's safe but it's also Uh, they're just constantly taking risks which I just think more people need to be doing so (laughs) I have to leap onto a car from a caravan that floats in water Um, some of the powers that Gloriana has are like um, bursting a gate open with her mind or making rain (laughs) all sorts of things done through the magic of the many people here. It was a little later that day I managed to grab a few minutes with a very busy Matt Ango. As a sound designer I work with Heather the composer and James the writer and Alan director to create a whole soundscape and a sound world 
um, that will immerse the audience um, and uh, work very closely alongside the text to create this whole inspiring story. This specific project being uh, being on a floating stage, having submersive parts for the cast, um, having rain for the cast, means that everything has to be waterproof. There is no point where you can get away with anything because there's always the potential that someone's going to take a tumble. Yeah, so everyone everyone is wearing radio mics. So that means that the delivery of the sound can happen straight into their headsets. Um, otherwise, it would sound very distant. Whereas we can give a great immediacy to the whole the whole sound design. Alan's very proud in saying, and I, I, so am I, that um, we believe in a story well told, and the headphone system allows us to to create infinite worlds, even. Um, independent of where the site of the show actually is. We create shows that um, some people would imagine to be impossible. We take stories and put them in places where people wouldn't expect to find them. So Flood, for example, not many people um, would expect to have ready mic actors on a floating stage. There has to be an absolute love of the art and the fact that you want to convey this story. You have to be able to try and think outside the box. Um, alongside all the technical aspects of radio mics and, and computers and mixing desks and headphone systems, you can train you can train yourself to do that. But the I think the key ingredient here is is a sense of teamwork and a, and a want to deliver something that is special and spectacular. Referencing back to uh, part two, there was a stage direction that was Sounds of the City, um, and that could be anything. That could be a car passing on a road. It could be um, certainly in Hull. It could be some goals flying in the sky. Um, but we took it one step further and we went out and interviewed people, um, asked them a couple of questions, and I, I, I went through all those recordings, dissected them, pulled out all the um, all the intriguing bits, um, and then kind of melded them all together and created this sonic world that was that sat alongside all the atmospheres that you could get in a city but then also added a, a definite twist towards Hull, so you wouldn't find these voices in any other part of the land. I don't know about you, but I think it's pretty cool to not only integrate the community into the cast for a show like this, but to have actual sounds of Hull embedded throughout. Maybe you can spot some when we leap back into the fourth section of Flood Part 2 Abundance. Here we've got Jack and Sam pinning the blame for the storm squarely on Gloriana's shoulders. Why do you think it's happening? What? The storm. I don't know. No one knows. It's weather. Are you at my school? Your school? Mm. No. Don't grow up around here. Not not. You've come here to talk about weather. The net was 70 metres down. The net? We found her in. The girl. All right. 70 metres. 200 feet more, it gets dark down there. Freezing. Why are you telling me this? She couldn't have lived. Couldn't have done it. Well, she did. Yeah. People dive deep. Not a girl in the North Sea naked. I don't believe she came out of the sea. I believe you were trafficking her and something went wrong. Maybe she tried to run, swim. You put hands on her. You think that, you're an idiot. So what do you want? Something's wrong. OK. And she's to blame. The girl? She's the why. She came here, next day, next fucking day, all starts to fall apart. The next day, the rain. Something not right with the girl. She's not here anymore. I know where she is. Where? Who she's with. The daughter of that politician. You know the one. 
dresses like a refugee. I knew he would be waiting. Underwear. Matthew. Here. Yeah. You did not forget? No. I tried to. Forget me or... Both failed. Your life, the things you did. Angry? I don't mean the war, I mean... You went away and the world, it was yours. You, you meant something. Some days, perhaps. I would sit here every year, send her. I have never been back here. Or never left, one of the two. How was it, your life? Heard you were a diver. Uh, yeah, once. Rigs. Deep. Around the world. You found someone? Yeah, I did, yeah. She died. Bad. But she was not you. God, it is good to say that. Well, not good, but good. I'm not me anymore. No. Perhaps now with you. This friend. <laughs> you, you knew I would come for you. A girl told me. You, you don't, eh? No, I have a daughter, though, I but read. not her. You read that? In the newspaper. They blurred her features like they do for famous people. Children. Looks like you, does she? No. Well, maybe her face. She's not like me. She doesn't like me. Of course she does. Once she hurt herself because of me. Because of you? You can't know that. Oh, I do. Yet to the day after the first invasion of the desert. Yet to the day she did it. Nearly lost her. No one knows. My whole life started here. This piece of ground. Wrong. I buried one life here. She's here. Under here. Like a miracle in reverse. Yes. Our child. Oh, our child. Come to the house. Yes. Meet the girl. The girl? She knew. She knew you had not forgotten. I think she is an angel sent. <laughs> It's the oldest house in the city. Beautiful. <laughs> you know I'm the Lady Mayor of the city. Lady Mayor? <laughs> Former politicians. They give us ceremonial things so the loss of actual power doesn't cut too deep. It comes with a house, does it, the ceremony? <laughs> yes. <laughs> not bad. She's not here. Your daughter? The girl. It's odd. I feel I can't breathe when she's not around. Who are you? Inviting more people to live with us. He's my friend. 
from before. Before? When we were young. There was such a time, was there? What was she like before? Beautiful. Ha-ha, <laughs> that sort of friend. Don't worry, my father won't walk in. He's been absent since the inquiry started and things all got a bit Richard Nixon. I'm not worried. Where is she? She, you know. My mother has located a new and improved daughter. Was she with you? Coming. She wanted to stay longer in the church. She's very devout suddenly, particularly for someone with such extensive body art. I had left her, my little one, hours before in the white church, where once the whalers prayed, where the slavers sang. She was distant to me, suddenly foreign and far away in that bright white stone room. So were you school sweethearts? Was there like a foreign interventionist society in your eyes, met over a volume of the collected catastrophes of Henry Kissinger? They were in love. There was a child born dead, a lost one. Buried by the sea, yes? Yes. This is the girl? Yes. I know her. He brought me up. What do you mean? He was the one, the fisherman in the sea. You? You found her? Yeah. Was it you who carved into her hands? No. You know who she is, though? No. I know. Who you are? Why I'm here. Why? To save the world. Look. And we looked out across the water. A thousand tiny boats on the sea approaching tiny lights in the darkness looking for answer. What is this? The storm. It's reached France, Holland, Denmark. They're looking for a place of greater safety. Who is it? The son. His. Your son. Let him Don't in. Don't know. Let him in. You found her? Yeah, just chance. Why are you here? Her? What have you done? What have I done? What have you done? You brought her here to this country. You brought them all here. Brought who? Do you know this man? Yes, I do. We meet him offshore. Mile offshore, more, we meet him. Our boat meets a bigger boat. They come alongside and we take him. 80, 90, 100 a time. I don't know where from. The skin, it says Africa. Middle East, 1,000 pounds. 2,000 a soul. We trade in souls, don't we, Father? We trade in souls. And then before dawn, into port and 200 grand's worth of souls disappearing into the streets. Unknown, unremarked. We did this to England. But one day, just fishing, proper day, proper work, there she is. Naked and inked and coming up in a net, drowned, but alive. This one, this one bought the weather. This one bought the storm. What have I done? What have we done? Let me be the politician again. True, this? Yes, forgive me. The storm. What does it have to do with her? The boats, they're getting closer. <laughs> She's not like us, is she? Don't lie, is she? You know, don't you? What have you seen? Why not? 70 metres down, we found her. Doesn't mean anything. You joke. It's cold down there, I can stop the art. But he knows that slows her like you're dead, but you can live, the cold lets you live. Once I was working deep, diving, welding, there was an explosion. The tube that kept warm water in my suit blew, blew out. Fifteen minutes till the rescue diver, but I was so cold, so I lived. Is that true? The cold, is that how it was? No. I found her. Who are you? I work for the city. You know this girl? Yes. So do I. To shelter her, it is a crime. Do you know who you are talking to? Wait. All of you. Later, I would think of that moment. It wasn't that I couldn't move, it was that someone had suggested that it was wrong. 
that it was inappropriate, not suggested to my brain, but to my nerves, to something animal inside, like a sudden brief stilling poison. And we all stood there as she just walked out, free my love out into the night. It's time for me to go. The little ships are here now. A thousand tiny boats, the refugees Dunkirk approaching. And we were waiting for her, far out in the wilderness, where they say the mad ones walk. We were overwhelmed. A thousand ships and everything. It was happening at once. And you won't understand this, but when everything happens at once, when everything starts to just go, then things that might be possible can't be done. You think we didn't try at first? You think we didn't try? Every one of those thousands, those tens of thousands, the European ones, we took them all in. Filled the university gymnasium with them, school halls, shopping centre. The theatre, that was the first mortuary, I think. Wasn't enough. We were desperate. Can't blame them. Can't let it go either. They were hungry. There wasn't enough. Started stealing a herd. French, Germans, Belgians. In the end, what did they have to do with us? And then the first cataclysm. The rains had been getting worse day by day. And one day, the banks of the rivers burst. The water everywhere. Bridges swamped. Roads impassable. We were cut off. The city by the sea was an island. We led back to ourselves. We took them in before we sent them out. You should remember that. Right that time. You will not do this. I won't. You will not send these people out. And what power do you think you possess to stop us? I have placed a call to London. This city will collapse if we do not do this. You send these people out. It's already all gone. But you people, your phrase is your idea of yourself. Do you understand? We're not a country anymore. We're an archipelago cut off. It's London. The wall's going up. What will happen? Well, food will come to us inside the walls from helicopters. We'll ration it. What we do not need, we'll send that to them in the wilderness. There won't be enough. For a while, there will. And then? Either we starve or they do. It's over, isn't it? What? England. What did they say? The barrier on the Thames. Gone. Water like a wall, they say. We've lost control of the south coast. Who's in charge? Crisis management has devolved back to local authorities. What does that mean? Government is collapsing. They want to talk to you. He's in charge. The ones like him. Yes. The barbarians are inside the gates then. Mother, what will you do? You'll stop him, won't you? You'll leave us to them. You'll leave her to them. That's your bravery, your tough choices. I don't know what I can do. It was this part of you that started the wars. 
This part of you never blinked when they drowned people on waterboards. This part of you gave away our goodness because you Sometimes stood by. goodness exists because we will allow terrible things. We believed we could remake the world, make it free. Was it your goodness that put bombers out over the desert? Yes. It is not easy. You children do not get to judge. You don't get to judge hands made dirty, keeping yours clean. You are weak, all of you children weak. You did not make that good world though, did you? She's out there. Yes. Where are you going? To find Catherine. her. Catherine! Catherine! And that is it for today. Catherine heading out into the wilderness to find Gloriana. Make sure you check out our next and final episode to hear the concluding part of Flood Part 2 Abundance, as well as hearing from Slung Lowe's producer Joanna Resnick and the community cast about their experience of making such an inclusive show in their home city, Hull. Until then... (laughs) 